has been paid for by the Bullet Club. Ragazzi, benvenuto, welcome to another episode of City A Sit Down. I am not Frank Carvello. This isn't either. This is Gianni. Gianni, welcome to the show as my co-host for tonight. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, very well. It's been a long day, but uh, it's nice to end it off with some couch talk, so why not? Absolutely. Some uh, fun, fun couch this weekend. A lot of great goals, I think, in my opinion. But before we get into that, uh, tell us, you know, for those who, everyone should be following the culture guys now. And maybe, come on, guys, go if you if you haven't, go subscribe now. But please tell us what you've been up to, what what the guys been up to lately. Well, so for those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Jani. Um, I am one third of, of a podcast here in Canada called the the Calcio Guys. We're based off in Montreal. Uh, we're basically kind of like City I Sit Down, where we try our best to do an overview of uh city we kind of talk about it we, we always make sure we get a fourth person involved that's usually a fan of a certain team my cousin support my cousin nick one of the hosts he's a juve fan our friend adriano he's a milan fan i cover roma napoli and then after our fourth usually is a member uh, like of the fan base of one of the three or we get a fan of another team just to get a different perspective and we try our best to get fans of any type of Serie A team, Genoa, if you find a Sassuolo fan, you should get them on, Atalanta. We've had Richard on a few times. Uh, um, it's, in person. Uh, it's in person, too, when we when we first started <laughs> recording at our university uh, radio station. So, uh, yeah, it's essentially the same type of vibe here, but we like to joke around a bit more and have a bit more fun, whereas here it's like, you got a nice foil with Richard and Frank, you know, Richard uh, is, is the one that's like, let's have some laughs. Or Frank's like, no, let's get the business. Whereas us, we're like, ah, just, just have a giggle with us. Why not? That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, well, welcome. Glad to have you co-hosting me tonight. Uh, I am drinking a little limoncello tonight. Uh, kind of get the, the voices going, you know, the... Anyway, it tastes good. It just tastes oh, good. I should have got no myself reason. a drink. I didn't get one. I'll get it's the bottle. Okay. Why not? It's okay. <laughs> Uh, rundown for tonight. We're going to talk about Inter authority in De Rossi and Roma. Does it really impact them? Uh, we'll talk about Napoli, silenced by Milan. Uh, get, uh, get into that game. The, we'll ask the question when we talk about Atalanta. Is CDK the most improved player in the league? Sure looks like with that sensational goal this weekend. Have Bologna right of their ship? We'll get into that. We'll preview Europe and then uh, see what else we get into. But we got a lot jam-packed show tonight to get into. Uh, so... Uh, let's get into it. I would say let's just start off with the the big game of the of the weekend. Roma hosting Inter. Um, huge game. Obviously, Inter are clear favorites of the league, and even more so now after this weekend, which we'll get into. Uh, poor Juve. Uh, but uh, this uh, game was uh, a chance to really see De Rossi. We had De Rossi had three nice warm up games to get into this one. We said it'd be nice for him to get on a nice little roll heading into this game, which they did three three wins in a row. Different different tasks when you come when we talk about Inter now. Um, a different animal. 
When we saw Mourinho in the past, Gianni has always been a very defensive-minded, play the counterattack system and see if you can just withstand the pressure from from Inter. Going into this game, what were your thoughts on what Roma and De Rossi were going to come out and do against this Inter team? Would it be more similar to what you saw from Mourinho or something different based on the, the first three games under De Rossi? Well, uh, I think it was something similar under the first three games uh, under De Rossi because Mourinho played a very defensive system, usually tried a 3-5-2 or 3-4-2-1, depending on who he had in the lineup, whereas De Rossi's just been doing a standard 4-3-3, uh, just letting them flow naturally. And I think that's usually what a manager does uh, when they come into a team at the last minute or they don't have much to work with or much knowledge or experience, like no plan going into it, where it's like, okay, hey, let's just go with what's safe, a 4-3-3, and you guys figure it out. It's the it's it's the, it's the bread and butter of uh, of of soccer formation. So that's what he's been doing. It's been kind of working out for them because, I mean, if we're including the friendly, they've scored ten goals for, but six goals against. So um, obviously, it, say what you want about that. Uh, that's been Roma this year. Like in previous years, they've been defensively sound. This year, even under Mourinho's defensive style system, it hasn't been that catanacho, like that padlock type of thing that usually what it is. It's uh, it, the park, the parking, the bus mentality this year has not been working out for them. So under uh, Roma now under De Rossi, liking what I see, players seem to have a bit more flow, a bit more flexibility. Uh, players like Mancini has been getting a bit more involved, which is nice. I feel like as if uh, maybe under Mourinho, he was a, like, you know, he did have some offensive opportunities, kind of like, Held himself back just not to make sure he not to, to make sure that he didn't overstep Mourinho and cause any potential arguments. Uh, <laughs> Richard doing his best Frank Cavello impersonation and Giant doing his best Richard Carmen impersonation. Is this real life? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I I don't hate it. I I honestly you know? um, it's it's nice, but but also full full disclosure, I actually like Mourinho at Roma. I like oh, yeah. the. I mean, like, yeah, league play hasn't been fa fantastic, but the guy won a conference league title for Roma. He brought them to a Europa League final. That style that he has works in international competitions. And especially when it comes to the the, the coefficient and everything like that, I mean, it's nice It's 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 nice to have. It's it's good to have that European uh, uh, representation sometimes. So uh, I know a lot of people might give me some fly. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. I love Darossi and I want Darossi to succeed. But I was one of those people where it's like, look, if you're going to get a bit of Mourinho, wait till the end of the season. Don't do it now. Yeah. It's it's the same conversation we had. Yeah, it's the same conversation we had as Milan fans saying, like, if you can get rid of Pioli, wait till the summer and then get a real name. Don't don't have like a – you don't want something that happens like in Napoli, sorry, Gianni, uh, where things go catastrophic okay. in mid-season <laughs> and it blows up the season, you know. So I, I'm full I'm full stop there with you. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, based on the first three games under De Rossi, Frank and I both thought, you know, we've seen a more attack-minded um, Roma where they're using the, the, the talents they have in the attack to their benefit. Pellegrini's benefited the most out of all this. Mancini as well. I mean, back-to-back -back games with goals up into this game. Obviously gets a goal in this one, so three games in a row now. Uh, so the, the, the hope was, I think, going into this game that we'd see a more attack-minded Roma at least try to go after Inter a little bit. You sit back on Inter, Inter going to destroy you. They're going to take you apart. I mean, they take away Juve, they take Milan. They, I mean, anybody, doesn't matter who goes in the other way, mm -hmm. they'll put you apart. But if you attack them, you put pressure on them, you have a chance. And so that's what I was hoping to see from Roma. Uh, looking yeah. at the lineup. Well, let me get to the question first. 
Uh, Eduardo says, uh, question for you guys about consistency. If Somer's move was a foul uh, last week, shouldn't Patricio's punch and Pavard also be a foul? Not that it matters, but you know, consistency. For me, I always thought that that foul against Somer shouldn't have counted. I thought it was a, a, a soccer play, and then it just happened to yeah. hit the ball, and then it hit his head. It wasn't yeah. a foul for me, but for those who said it was a foul and referee said it was a foul, it should be consistent. No matter what it is, it should be consistent. I think that's the biggest gripe for us as City Out fans is the inconsistency in the league, and that's been driving us mad all this time. What are your thoughts on that? I think you said it perfectly. I think it's just game by game, there's just so many inconsistencies, you know. Uh, for example, the Juve game uh, against uh, Udinese where, uh, you know, the sliding tackle, you know, like not being like some people are like, okay, but that's usually a handball in one game. Why is it not a handball in the other? Um, you know, it's 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 always like a game by game basis. And that's a bit weird for me. It shouldn't be a game by game basis. And the opinion of one referee should not. I guess you can have like different styles of refing, but the opinion on calls should somewhat be on an even level. You know, like you kind of yeah. like obviously you might have refs that are just are much more strict compared to others in terms of, you know, like allowing, you know, uh, language or whatnot on the field or any type of uh, uh, malarkey or horseplay on the field. But <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, I, I, I want consistency, but that's been something that we as as fans have been crying for years and years. Yeah. And unless City A has like some kind of like referee overhaul. I, I honestly don't think uh, things are going to change. Um, it sucks because you can't be like, yeah, but what about last week? That was a call. Or what about last week? That wasn't a call. It's yeah. it, you can't go game by game anymore. You have, yeah, sorry, you can't go like based on previous evidence. You have to go a game by game basis. So, yeah, I think yeah, uh, well, it is. It is annoying. I, I, I do agree. Uh, I, if we're if it was if we're following with the rules, obviously it should be a foul, but. Guess not. Yeah, it's a human element of it that's always uh, that throws things off all the time. Yeah. Uh, starting eleven for this one: uh, Rui Patricio and goal back four of Angelino, Huisen, Mancini, and Karsdorp with the midfield three of Pellegrini, Paredes, and Cristante. And up top you had Stefan El Sharawi, Lukaku, and DiBala. Thoughts on the Roma lineup uh, as as the hosts? I mean, it's a solid lineup. You want to go with your. I mean, the fight. The besides the back line, it's your. Your your mid and your in uh, your off you have your best possible offense up you have your best up, yeah. up uh, top three as possible. Uh, El Shwadi has been wonderful this year. I'm happy he's my favorite player for Roma, and I'm happy that he's found a little bit of a second wind right now with the team this season. Um, I mean, for me, like like I said from the start of uh, there should have started. I kind of like like I said the season is just hasn't been good as defensively sound for Roma. As it has been for past year, past couple of seasons. So uh, that back four, no matter who you start, is not going to be the most solid. Mancini though has moments of immaturity, but you know, like in in recent in recent, like maybe like what the past ten games, probably he's probably been a bit better in terms of like being being a little bit of that you know rock on the back line. But yeah. Uh, um, I mean, like, like I, I really don't think, for example, Karsdorp makes a pass this season with Roma. Uh, Patricio's up at the end of the season. I don't know if, if they're going to extend him. I think they might actually go for something else. I think Patricio would was you just extend like him? a... I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. Uh, so when, when Roma first got him, when my a Portuguese friend of mine messaged me, 
and he's like oh you guys got Patricio like I, I guess uh, that's that's like the Mourinho effect you know like uh, they just all they're all yeah. gonna follow you know right because uh you know later on Renato Sanchez is controller but anyways in all seriousness though um he's like oh he's like you're gonna see after like a few games you're gonna see like he's gonna have these he's gonna make these impossible saves but then the easiest things that he should save he's gonna let in <laughs> and this was like in uh spring 20 summer 2021 summer 2021 when he met when he messaged me this and you know what we're almost three years later to the to the to the dot and yeah. and you got a good point i i wouldn't uh but the thing is yeah uh, mind you the market's not so bad in terms of keepers but uh given what roma's financial situation is going into the summer it might be a bit difficult to find a uh you have to find a, a diamond in the rough somewhere you're gonna have to find like a hidden gem because uh you won't be able to pay top dollar for a solid keeper I mean, let's look at just look at the uh, visitors uh, with Jan Sommer, a guy that didn't break the bank to get him, and he's the best goalkeeper in this league and arguably best goalkeeper in Europe at the moment. Uh, he started in in the back in the goal for Inter. They went with the back three of Bastoni, Acerbi, and Pavard. Went with a midfield five of Di Marco on the left, Daramian on the right with Mikatarian, Chalanolu, and Barella in the middle, and of course you have Marcus Taram and Lautaro Martinez. Pretty standard lineup here for Inter. I mean, you can't go wrong with them. This is this is their best eleven, but you know, I mean, they have so much depth on this team. It really doesn't matter who they put out, yeah. does it? Yeah, one hundred percent. It's just a scary team when you look at it from from front to back. Um, what we saw in this game is that you know, Roma attacked this game very well, and they yeah. they attacked from the opening minutes of the game. Jan Sommer was forced to make a huge save on El Stefan El Sharawi within the first minute of the game. Great shot. You mentioned how El Sharawi has been in form. Uh, great shot early on in the game uh, to kind of force Summer to make a save. And then kind of what you kind of talked to us about with Rui Patricio, he kind of is at fault for this last goal, in my opinion. And the first goal of the game, I should say, was off a set piece. Uh, ball goes to back post to Acerbi. And Rui Patricio just in no man's land. Ball goes right past him. I don't know what the hell he was thinking on that play. Uh, one nothing immediately from Inter. Uh, thoughts on how the on the goal was conceded? I mean, I, I thought it was a pretty poor way for Roma to give a goal, especially the way they had started the game, like gangbusters, to give up a goal like that. Just like, Rui what are you doing, man? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a buzzkill, honestly speaking. Uh, it's hard sometimes to get back into form with that. Um, you know, Amazing Vincent's got a good point. Um, <laughs> somehow Rui has a statue in Portugal. Reminds me of the somehow Emperor Palpatine has returned. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but no, it's it, it, it is honestly, uh, it was, uh, I think two, well, no, mind you, the fourth goal, like it was just a counterattack that just, you know, like no matter where he places himself, that's just going in. But yeah, uh, there's, it just felt like as if there was like, he, he wasn't moving. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't make no. an effort for it, you know? I think there was two goals. I think the third goal was also like that. when, uh, Or was it the second yeah. goal when Taram uh, started it? That was near second, the second, 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 yeah. Second one, yeah. Like, like okay, that one is, like, uh, it is short range, but, like, you're not, you're nowhere near the threat. You're not covering that angle, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's easy to point blame, uh, point fingers and blame the keeper, but in this game, Patricio was not the guy to make the saves that we needed him to make. Uh, it seemed like every dangerous chance that Inter got, they converted. Which you know, props to them. I'm not, I'm not taking that away from them. You know, like oh for sure, you get, yeah, props to them. You, you score the goals when you get them. But and that's always been that's been Inter's mo this entire season. It just they've been 
they've been lethal in, in finishing, you know, like they, they're getting offensive output from, from everywhere. It's not just, even though like if Martinez is not scoring, Thuram's scoring. If Thuram's not scoring, it's Barella, it's it's Canaloglu, it's Canaloglu. It's, it's, it's yeah. just, it just seems like yeah. everyone is contributing to this team, to the cause. And I think that's why you see them in first place right now with such a dominant performance. They're, they're just firing on all cylinders. Yeah, Eduardo says that, you know, one thing he praises about Limone Ball is adaptability. Adapt to the opponent and have different options depending on the rival. And I think that's the key of why Inter is so good because they don't just play one way. Uh, and Inzaghi doesn't play in just one way anymore. It's, it's adapted to whatever the situation is. And whatever that situation is, they're superior to everyone, which is ridiculous. Even when they're in their worst games, they're still better than you. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think Rui Patricio should have come out when the ball was in the air. Did not. And was, like, stuck in no man's land. Didn't do anything. Ball goes by him. Poor way for to go down a goal if you're Roma. Great if you're Inter. Uh, but it showed also that De Rossi's team, they'll fight back immediately. They put you know, yep. pressure back on, on Inter. St- um, Mancini off a set piece. Wonderful header. A guy gets his third goal in, in, a, in a row, I think. Uh, first for him. First time that ever happened to him. Um, great way to, to, to come back into the game. Right there, a great header by Mancini. Of course, it's going to be Mancini, you would think, uh, to get a goal in this one. And sure enough, he did. Great header. You say what you want about Mancini and his defending or his antics or whatever. He is very good in the air. He can find the ball, whether it's defensively, but especially on the offensive end. He, he gets up in the air and puts the ball in the back of the net more times than not. Um, great goal by by him, uh, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, one like ever since uh, a couple of years ago, after the Euros, when you know when Chiellini and Bonucci announced their retirement, uh, a lot of people, especially on cultural Twitter, we had discussions like who's going to be the new CB pairing for yeah. for Italy going forward. And yeah. I, I I honestly said without like I'm without my actual Roma bias, I'm like I think Gianluca Mancini can be that guy. He just needs to develop that maturity. He has to. He has to know, like, like it's just one thing with getting under players' skin, but there's also another thing with being a stupid idiot and getting your team a card, you know. And he's got upsides. He's got he's got good upsides. I'm not saying he's like a fa- yeah. like a legendary, fantastic, stalwart like center back. I'm not saying that, but he's got good right. upsides. And yeah. if he just like changes his mental game a bit, there's he's always going to be a consistent call up and a consistent starter for the national team. Uh, because there's games in Roma where I love having Mancini in the back line, but then there's games where it's like, come on, man, why did you have to get that fucking yellow for? <laughs> Sorry for swearing, but you know what I mean? Uh, like, see, Italian fans who aren't Roma fans don't understand how good Mancini can be exactly because they don't they don't actually watch him on a day to day basis. I understand. But, oh, thank you. See, because Richard, <laughs> but you're not, but you're not an average Serie A fan, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's your job. Debatable. Your job. You, yeah. <laughs> No, I, 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 no, I agree about that. I think, you know, well, first of all, he's probably was the default because, well, I don't, I don't expect you to pick a former Lazio player. Acerbi is one of the first defenders you think of, but no, I think Mancini, no, no, default like, is even, one of the even, best even, defenders in the league. You know, yeah, but like two, even when, you know, like uh, even though Acerbi played for Lazio, for me, like I, I, I'm one of those guys that are like I really love the national team, and yeah. I just feel more excited when the national team does well. Then, yeah, you know, oh, for sure. like, it, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love the club, my clubs. Like, it's you take I club bias out when the Azuri play. That's not, yeah, it's sure. club bias out when the Azuri plays. I just want the best possible 11 to be on the field. Yeah, I don't care if yeah. you have to field 11 Juventus players as much as I despise that organization. I don't care. I just want the national team to do well. You um, do know we record and, this and, live, right? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's fine it's fine uh, people could just take that clip i don't care <laughs> but let's that's like for me like i should be like when you, like for example last year in the, in the champions league final played very well he he kept Haaland yeah. in his pocket you know like and the game was lost not because of a chat he he did his job he did it well and yeah. there's a chat the thing the thing is because of like his years of experience and his age you want somebody there like that but it's also yeah. like okay but does he have enough my like my enough mileage left in him there are games where it's yeah. like he doesn't show it like he shows that he's it's like you could still go on and go he's like a quadriella where he just like goes mm -hmm. on and on and on like the energizer bunny and then there's games where like that's that's not it's it's starting to show a bit so a Cherubi, you know hey if you could have a Cherubi mancini as your as your middle two, yeah. why not that's a fair yeah that's fair actually i mean there's really no one else stepping up no. i think i think we are uh at a place we, we were so spoiled with uh azuri defenders for years for decades and now we got a little bit of a, a reset going on and you know we need guys to kind of carry us to that next you know great generational push and so it's it's got to be mancini and it's got to be in Cherby at the moment we're hoping scalvini and some of these other guys bastoni kind of step up to the plate but the guys who have been doing it the, the best i think is mancini and Acerbi in terms of the present day squad and so yeah you see in games like this where he can be uh so good on the offensive side and, the, and see all that upside and you also want someone like him who is a Matarazzi type or a Chiellini type who gets under the skin of the opposition but he has to watch that line right because yeah you mm -hmm. can easily turn that into a red card stupidity wise and cost your team an easy victory there but 1-1 at that point great play by them uh Stefano Chirawi would come back just before halftime with a goal of the week candidate there to make it two to one great start there uh by Bang by Roma <laughs> what's that like the, like oh, yeah. the shot was like bing bang bong goal oh, <laughs> it was like I right mean, off the post and in yeah <laughs> if you can free summer that's a pretty fantastic goal because he's a yeah. great goalkeeper and i mean that was a wonderful shot by el shadawi 2-1 they're going to halftime what was your feeling going into halftime with the 2-1 lead against the mighty inter did you think that a wave was coming from inter or did you feel good about how the team came out i mean obviously it was a sensational half first half by by roma uh if you're looking at it that way I mean, I, I was definitely uh, happy about it going into the halftime break with uh, with a 2-1 lead, but I wasn't relaxed, I wasn't calm, I wasn't composed, nor was I uh, like excited, I guess. I was just more like, okay, good, but there's still 45 minutes left to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's not something that, uh, like it, like you'd be foolish to, to think that a 2-1 lead is going to be enough against, against Inter uh especially with how great they've been offensively like it's uh like if they're able to you know lock it up go by all means park that bus if you can but obviously you know it bit them in the butt um so going into the going into the second half just to get back to the main point of the questions i was i was a, a reserve happy i guess i was like nice but let's get let's get through this next 45. yeah no I I think you, that's the only way you can be, especially when you play Inter. I mean, you know, one, you got to lead, so you just got to be smart about how you play things. Don't beat yourselves. Um, unfortunately, with that, I think coming out of the second half, that's kind of what they did, right? For uh, the, the second goal for Inter, with Marcus Taram scored on the shorthand side. Rui Patricio kind of didn't get the angle right, and a great shot by Taram, but I think you leave a guy like Marcus Taram that much space. You give him half a yard, he's going to take it, and he's going to put it on target, and, and he did. Makes it 2-2 at that point. Uh, not even, what, seven minutes later, a uh, nice cross comes in. I think it was from DiMarco. Goes into the box. Initially, I thought it was Taran with an elbow to get into the goal. I'm like, oh, what's going on? But you see the replay. 
Clearly, Angelino gets an own goal there. Not the ideal first goal for him. An own goal there. 3 1 at that point. Um, oh, 3 2, excuse me, at that point. Uh, but yeah, you, you guys, Roma kept pushing back. Inter was strong, I, I thought, in this game uh, to kind of thwart off the, the chances that you guys had. And ultimately, it came down at the end where it was a little breakaway there, and Bastoni gets on the end of it. A nice pass from, I think it was Arnatovic. Uh, 101 against Rui Patricio. I'm sure he would have wanted that one back. Uh, mm. But nonetheless, 4-2 at that point. It's One, one point is Inter won. And it, it was kind of expected by most people, I think, um, that Inter should be able to win this kind of game. But I think the second thing is Roma scored two goals in this game, and they put a lot of fight. And maybe that's what we weren't expecting, I think. Yes, they got thwarted by, by Inter. But I think if I'm Roma, and I'm not, but you know, if I'm Roma and De Rossi, I take this sure with... Uh, Roma? You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I do have a Roma shirt, Roma Club DC. But uh, I take this in stride. I think, you know, hey, it's Inter. You got to throw this away. But we gave him a fight. How many people scored two goals against Inter this year? What were your thoughts after the game, both from Inter's perspective and Roma's perspective? Before I get to that, I just want to touch upon uh, what Dominic said. I'm very big on the basket train. I really want that man to get out of lead chain into like more of like a yes. middle upper tier team, yes. at least to a 17 yes. level type team, just to at least give him like uh, like uh, better quality players around him and an opportunity to play against uh, play against, uh, play in bigger competitions. Um, he's doing like I I respect his time as at lead chain stuff, but. Basquerato is one of those guys that need to move up to, a, a, yes. a, a, I guess, a, a higher tier team in Italy just to, to see what he can actually do. Because I think that's what's the difference maker, what's holding him back. Is I'm very big on his train. Uh, it was a great game, at least I'm going to try. Juventus, not a chance. True. Yeah, um, true. First of all, if you want to take a look at it, like um, going, in, like going into like that second half, like the changes that came off for uh, Inter off the bench, you know, like guys like Dumfries, Arnautovic, uh alexis sanchez you know even though he alexis sanchez even though like he's not the alexis sanchez of the arsenal years you know like he's still it, it's still a player that can be a potential threat whereas roma doesn't have any players that are kind of like that coming off the bench besides yeah. like like spinazzola he, i don't know like he's a shadow of himself a bit ever since that injury he's, there's days where he has it there's days where it's like okay like hopefully it wasn't just a flash in the pan uh, as Moon is okay, Zalewski, I've always like I still have like good hopes on him. Like he's a young kid, he's he's allowed to you know like uh, yeah, not well, be yeah. good right now, like like fantastic, like like he could still be good. But yeah, I, I digress. Uh, the fourth goal for Inter, uh, that's basically like the like Patricio is like okay, it's a two on zero. It's like you can only take a guess there, and that's the one where I'll give him a bit of a like you could try making yourself as big as possible, try to come out and attack the shooter just to. But in a type of scenario like that, like a single pass or, or whatever can just get you caught in no man's land. One thing I do want to say, though, when it was 3-2 and Lukaku had that chance, oh, I so feel like it's if, yeah, which was a very good little, like, like mine <laughs> type of thing, you know? like. Uh, but if Lukaku happened to get that roll, like that rollover through and get that angle and make it 3-3, uh, I know it's a lot of should have, could have, would have, and a lot of hypotheticals. But you're not forced to try to get that that pressure to get that like to to, to expose yourself for that that fourth goal yeah. that Inter eventually scored. You know, you're 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 now you're it's a three three. You're kind of now you're playing a bit more conservatively, playing for that draw, especially a team like against against a team like Inter. Like you, like maybe you could probably burn them on a counterattack, but it's 
highly improbable. But I think because of that moment there, it's like, okay, well, pressure's still on because we need to we need to get this tying goal. And because of that, you expose yourself to a nice counterattack. Yeah. So nah, I think so. when it when it fell to Lukaku at that point, I think we were all like, this is what we want to see. Him score a goal against his old team. Would he celebrate? But no, it's summer. He's not used to Sommer, and Sommer is very smart in his reflexes. He read that perfectly and, and thwarted that shot. I guess I'm saying thwarted. We need to drink every time I say thwarted in this, in this episode. But uh, <laughs> great play by Sommer to to stop Lukaku there. Uh, but, yeah, if he scored, you know, who knows what would have happened at that point. I think what I think what you have to take away from Roma in this game, which I kind of want to transition to next, is like it's kind of emblematic of what we've seen from under De Rossi thus far is that they're, they're – they're creating more chances. They're putting a lot more pressure yep. in the opposition. They yep. put Inter under, under pressure that they haven't really seen as much this yep. year. And that's what caused a lot of the turnovers, caused the two goals, obviously, to, to, to get come into play. It's a lot of positives to take away from this if you're De Rossi. You know, yes, you lost. It's the first 100%. game. 100%. You know? Um, I mean, from your perspective, what have you seen under De Rossi so far that you've really liked? I mean, we, you already hinted about some of it already, but... Um, in a game like this, where you know we fully expect them to kind of park the bus and play the counter, they they took it to Inter, and um, you know, as Re- as Reno says, you know, Juventus didn't really do that. You know, Vlahovic was pocketed that whole game, and at least you got to see the attackers for Roma really put the the back line under some pressure and force Sommer to make some saves. That's Sommer's been having like a cakewalk this season, it seems like, because he rarely gets shots, and you know, Roma did I thought a good job of. Um, Getting him frustrated or flustered a little bit, I think, in this game. Yeah, like so to touch upon your point a bit before, like uh, after this kind of game, you know, like you you take it on the chin. You're like, okay, well, you know what? They are the best league, uh, best league. They are the best team in the league. Uh, you know, they're seven points ahead of second with a game in hand. Like it's 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 a matchup where you try to find your positives as, uh, wherever you can. And the fact that Roma had a bit of a fight and it was good. And I think that's just the De Rossi effect. You know, like, obviously, as a player, he always had that green thing. He always had that, the fighters, that fighting spirit in him. You know, like, he was, yeah. Oh, he, yeah. he was a guy who uh, never let that fire die out type of thing, no matter what the situation was, you know. Um, and you saw that players, players want to play for, like, well, in this scenario, in this scenario, yeah. the players want to play for De Rossi. Uh, in the Euros, you know, he was a, he was a very big, part of that team in the locker room you know being the head assistant you know like uh, making sure that uh especially when it's a guy who's won a world cup you know like he's won he's he's, he's won some titles in city out Italy and whatnot like he's he's a player that's respected players yeah. know that he wasn't the flashiest player he wasn't the, he wasn't the uh guy who's gonna score you like, like he's not gonna be that midfielder that's gonna score you maybe five like like more than five goals a season but he's a guy that you always want on your team on the back line because he's that defensive mid that just is, is like a fifth defender out there or that fourth defender, depending on what system you're playing, that uh, just knows how to read the game. Great spot kick taper, taker. Like he was part of the one of the five that scored uh, the penalties to win the World Cup. So this is what I'm saying. Like he's got a pedigree. He's got a pedigree as a player, and other players respect that. And when you get when you play when you have a guy like Darasi as your manager, and especially that's like recent history too, it's not like a player from like like 30 plus years ago, you know, like it's a player of recent history too, that has done stuff recently, more or less, give or take. Um, you respect that as, as a player. And, and I think to, like the players, like they want to go out there and fight for him, uh, especially with the loss of Mourinho, you know, it's like the fans obviously like, okay, well, Mourinho has gone. The fans weren't very happy with Mourinho leaving, uh, you know, so like it, there's a, like 
obviously the onus is on everybody the players the management things had something had to change i get that but uh you know the players are like okay well Mourinho's gone we got the Rossi now if we start still if we still play horribly if we're still not getting results we can no longer blame Obs because we're under a defensive Mourinho now you got a guy like Darasi who's letting you go with a 4-3-3 and kind of like a laissez-faire type of thing or just like go yeah. go go do 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 you do you like obviously keep keep yeah. it within like range and stuff but you know what I'm saying? So, like, the players kind of know that, too. So, I think that's why the players are like, okay, well, we got to fight. And that's why they constantly try to stay in it. So, I mean, yeah. it's – you're you're, you're no. still fighting for that top four. At least that's that's something that you're, like, you're aiming for. We'll see what happens in Europa. We'll see how, like, how the Rossi handles uh, Europa League competition because European competition is slightly different. He's ever had uh, experience yeah. managing a club team in a European competition. Um so I'm tr- I'm curious to see how he adapts to other managers and how he adapts into a situation where it's a single elimination situation or the home and away situation. You know, like I I want to see how he handles that. So uh, that's where I'm like kind of worried. Like I that's why I was, was like, you know what, should have held on to Mourinho for that because Mourinho is the king of that. It's like it's now you're like you're putting somebody that you're I don't want to say you're setting him up to fail, and I hope he doesn't fail. I want him to succeed. Yeah. But it's my God, it's. <sighs> You know, that's the thing. That's the biggest difference between Mourinho and De Rossi is, is we're going to see it against Feyenoord is like Mourinho was always have his teams ready for European competition. They always play tough and they play well. They get they get the results. What will De Rossi bring? We don't know. And we won't know. And it's a great test against on the road against Feyenoord coming up and we'll get into that game. So I, I think, you know, some of the things that De Rossi will, you know, the Paulo Dybala's of the world who are like, you know, on the precipice of world class. You don't worry about them. They're going to keep doing them, right? It's what what would he do with the Pellegrinis, the Mancinis, uh, the Spinazzolas and Bovees, uh, to Dominic's point. And we've seen already Pellegrinis benefited massively from De Rossi. Mancini, three goals in three games in a row now. Um, he's improved. He's been, as you mentioned, last 10 games or so, he's been more level-headed. He's been a little bit smarter with his play. And so I think all this is a, is a, a domino effect from De Rossi and his presence in the locker room. His experience about winning and stuff like that. So I'm excited to see where this Roma team goes. They got Frosinone coming up this weekend, come, uh, coming up on think, Saturday, I think. So another good chance to get back on get back on the winning beat there. It's not an easy game. Uh, Frosinone did lose pretty bad this weekend. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I think if you're, if you're a Roman fan, don't worry about this Inter game. Everybody loses Inter. It's just something that happens. It's a formality. You score two goals against them, you put up a fight, you know? So uh, it, you just hold your head up high there. Um, let's get into the rest of the matchups and kind of break down some of the other big games that happened over the weekend. Starting off with Friday night, we had Salernitana hosting Empoli. Uh, goal scoring started in the 23rd million own goal. Uh, Zanoli with an own goal uh, to make it one uh, nothing for Salernitana. Uh, excuse me, for Empoli. Uh, then in the second half, uh, Weissman from, of course, who else? Candreva with a wonderful assist there. Uh, spot on the head for Weissman. Uh, gets a goal 1-1 at that point. And then Mbaye Niang, he's back in City. Yeah, goal and assist was he steps up for the penalty in the 80, was it, 88th minute. And then in the stoppage time, assist yeah. to Cancellieri. Wonderful. Uh, you know, it's hard when you go one on one against the defender, he falls down. And nine times out of 10, we see players rush to shot when they have all the time in the world. Cancellieri yeah. took his time, put it away. Ampoli with an impressive 3 1 win on the road. They need that in their relegation fight. Moving on to Saturday, uh, Cagliari hosting Lazio. 
A goal scoring started in the 26th minute. Own goal by Deola for Lazio gives them the lead 1 0. Uh, followed up in the 49th minute, Chiri Immobile. 200 goals, fastest player in modern era to get 200 goals. Bravo to him. Obviously, an honorable mention for goal of the week there. A uh, couple minutes later, Gaetano with a great goal in the 51st minute made it 2 to 1. Looks like game on, but Lazio held their, hand, held their, held their own there, and uh, Felipe Anderson put it away in the 65th. 3 1, Lazio win on the road there. Uh, worth noting, Aresti got a red card in the 95th minute. Um, Sassuolo hosting Torino. Uh, these two didn't get the memo about the goal-scoring fest this weekend. Uh, goal scoring <laughs> started in the fifth minute by Pinomonte. He's a leader in the absence of Berardi, it seems like, in this one. But uh, minutes later, Duvan Zapata, a second away goal on the season for him. 1-1. Uh, he had a chance late to make it 2-1, uh, get the game winner. But uh, Consili had a great save. Uh, both goalkeepers had great saves in this game. Uh, Vanya Malinkovic-Savic as well had played well, I thought. 1-1, they share the spoils there. Moving on to Sunday, uh, Milan, Napoli. Uh, entertaining game. Lots of positions by both ways, by both teams. Nothing super threatening, I think, until you saw in the 25th minute where nice counter-attack goal, Rafa Leao, great heads-up play. Finds Teo Hernandez, of course, he's going to attack and gets a wonderful goal on the shorthand side. One nothing. That's all the goals they would need in that game. A feisty game of Milan. Now are within one point of Juventus for second spot. Uh, Fiorentina hosting Frosinone and a bad day for Frosinone. Uh, Belotti gets his first goal for Fiorentina in the 16th minute. Icone, Icone had a fantastic first half. He was yeah. gangbusters everywhere. Assisted on Belotti's play. Scored a goal uh, the 19th minute. I think he was involved as well in the, in the Martinez Cuarta goal in the 43rd minute. Three nothing at that point. Uh, coming out of the break, Nico Gonzalez, fantastic goal, 53rd, 4 0. Uh, and then uh, Mazzatelli gets a goal to make it 4 1. And then finally, Antonin Barak gets his first goal in like 2,000 days, it feels like. Uh, 5 1 for Fiorentina, finally getting back off the Schneid. Uh, Bologna, you know, you're, you're talking about Roma and their chances at the top four. One of the teams that they're going to be contending with is Bologna. 4 0 thrashing of Lecce, a good Lecce team, mind you. Uh, goals uh, in the fifth minute by Bokema. Orsolini goals in the 27th and 49th. And then Odegaard on a breakaway in the 82nd minute. Just a complete embarrassment performed by Lache. Just getting thwarted by, by... There he goes, thwarted again. Freaking drink. 4 nothing <laughs> by Bologna. Um, I Monza. Mine, <laughs> I'll drink for both of us, I guess. I'll just keep drinking, right? Uh, just, you'll be hosting by the. You'll be doing the show by yourself tonight. Um, Monza hosting Hellas Verona. Neither team got the memo about scoring goals this weekend, so they won't get any airtime tonight. <laughs> Genoa hosting Atalanta. Genoa, a team that's playing everyone very tight this season. But Atalanta, man, they're another team battling for that top four, and uh, they're led by Charles de Quetelade. Charles de Quetelade with a sensational goal in the 22nd minute. Goal of the week candidate there. Uh, then in the 55th minute, or excuse me, 51st minute, another goal of the week candidate, Melanovsky with a bomb from distance, making a 1-1. 55th minute, a goal of the week candidate, Coop, uh, yeah, yeah. Tune Coop Miners uh, with a fantastic free kick. 2-1 at that point. I mean, three sensational goals there to start the game. Uh, two goals in consolation, make it 4 1. Uh, Zapacosta and Torre late, but uh, Atalanta just destroying at the, um, Genoa in this game. Uh, great result for them. And then uh, Monday's game, uh, shock of the weekend, uh, I guess we would say. Juventus hosting yeah. Udinese. Juve, lots of opportunities. They ha- I swear they had 300 shots in this game, 
but they came into a brick wall named Okoye. Okoye with was a stood on his head in this one. Save after save after save. Um, I don't know what to say. This pearl says I can run out of pearls because Okoye was fantastic in this one. Um, all they needed is a goal from Gianetti in the 25th minute, and that was it. Scrappy Udinese find a way to steal three points from Juventus. Like I said, they now only hold a one-point lead over Milan for that second position, uh, while Inter increased their lead. Crazy weekend in terms of score lines. Um, I want to start with the other, you know, quote-unquote marquee game of the weekend, which was Milan Napoli. A game that was difficult, I think. You know, if you're looking at it from a Napoli perspective. Not the, uh, not the greatest defenses of, of a title this year with Matsari at the moment. And so obviously, Olsen has gone on uh, AFCON, you know, finals there. So you're missing him. You still have, you know, still have a good striker in uh, uh, Cholito Simeone and, um, and obviously Raspadori. And Raspadori. I mean, I think Roma had, uh, Roma, Napoli had a good game, but <laughs> they just couldn't get that final third going. I mean, just Magnon had a couple saves in the game, but... What were your thoughts about this game? So, uh, <laughs> I, it's it, it it's a frustrating one. Um, it just feels like as if uh, I think one of the main reasons why this year has been so frustrating for Napoli. Like I, I said it in our pod for the Calcio guys. It's like I, I want consistency. Like I'm tired of yeah. like the win lose win lose win lose. Like you can't build anything unless you develop some kind of consistency. You know, um, like like. Mazzari had like like fantastic years when when Napoli had the Hamsik Lavezzi Cavani trident, uh, like and so like you kind of hope to find help him like you hope he finds that magic again this time with a Cavaratskelia so uh, 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 freaking Osimhen and Politano type of thing or maybe even put Raspadori on the right side or put Simeone in the center like try to find that magic again with the offensive flair but what the issue has been for Napoli this season first of all is not having Zelensky hurts I mean not having Zelensky like like having Zelensky been like not there you not know what I'm saying like <laughs> yeah. he's slowly getting yeah like it's it he's mentally he's he's mentally and physically getting checked uh checked out type of thing uh you know like Lobotka didn't have uh, didn't have his best game uh you know wasn't it wasn't his greatest but he didn't have a terrible job either like he was he was trying to mark up for that back line that's been horrendous this entire season that's also like i talk about roma's back line being horrible napoli's just as bad um you know like yeah for example like cavaratskelia is not being activated he's not being activated that left side is no man's land for him you know like there's no other threat besides him on that left side so because of that you get two guys on him. You get multi-man marketing him. It's 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 not it's not going to work out. I think like like Liao last season. You know, like the like he was able to find creative ways to beat his men and you know adapt to what the teams were doing to him. This year, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, he's snake bitten. I think it's like what like 140 games he hasn't uh, scored or something. It's something crazy. 140 days, not 140 games. 140 days. <laughs> something 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 ridiculous. You know, like. Cavaratskelia hasn't been that much better either. You know, like, I, first of all, I think it's not the year of the left wingers in general because Chiesa, you know, we always have this debate, like, which one would you rather have? Now, all three hey, of them are in the bed. CDK has <laughs> been the one who's been the best of all of them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Johnny, I've said this before, ADL Eagle destroyed the Snapley squad. I mean, I, the thing is, okay, look, let me, let me, let me offer this a few points. It's a very good point. 
It's and it's not an invalid point. It is a valid point. But here's my counter argument. Now, obviously, I know there are different titles and there are different realms of uh, achievements. But during Milan's like great '80s, '90s, early 2000s run, Berlusconi was also a man full of controversies, right? But his type of mentality and his type of ownership brought you those titles. So you kind of like, okay, well, his bunga bunga parties are horrible, but we're going to kind of just keep them aside for a bit because the on-field <laughs> team has just been lights out, right? Yeah. Napoli prior to the season, you know, like Di Laurentiis, like he is a cafon. He is that guy where, you know, he, 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 he bumbles, like he just, like he, he acts like an idiot. He, he talks like an idiot, but the guy's not an idiot. You know what I mean? Like he, he's a businessman. Yeah. He's a, he knows how to run a business. And that's where I give him a bit of leeway because I could put up with his antics because he just seems to either A, find a way to succeed or B, find those like those genuinely good players that just develop into superstars and so on and so forth. So his ego did kind of like, did destroy the team because like you lose a manager like Spalletti. Uh, you lose Kim because you like you're only able to negotiate a release clause and you don't give a Kim you don't give Kim a reason to stay. Uh, uh, you know you're gonna lose Ossiman now because you're just you're not in tune with how your organization is being ran, and uh, you know it frustrates the players. I mean, I'm not saying Ossiman was I'm, I'm not gonna say Ossiman was gonna plan on staying forever. Like I I knew that. Yeah. Like, like you have to be an idiot going into this. Like, oh, Osimhen's gonna be a bandiera. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. no, he's not gonna be a bandiera. He has no, he has no ties to Napoli. As much as, yeah, Adele did manage to get Napoli out of debt, and they're one of the only city. Yeah, exactly. Because he's a shrewd businessman. He knows what he's doing. He buys yeah. players for cheap, develops them super well, and then sells for profit. He Guain gets her 30, 40 something million, flips him to ninety to your rival. Quarella, uh, <laughs> you sell him to get ten million to buy Cavani. Cavani you flip for forty five. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's always been like now Ossiman, you bought him for 70 plus, so let's say 90 with his release clause at 130, you're gonna net a 40 million yeah. profit and you, you got a scudetto out of it. So yeah, that's why, like as much of a like a, as a cafon as I said he is before, like there's like he's done well for the club. I do agree that his ego is what put them in the situation that they're in right now. I think there's going to be a big. There's a reason why Zelinski is not going to. Zelinski loved Napoli now this season. He just wants to leave. I don't blame him. I I honestly think that after this summer, especially with Ossiman probably leaving too, he's going to get bought out. And I I you know at least I thank Ossiman for that for for you know renewing his contract just so that Napoli can have the highest possible uh, yeah. return for him, and he also gets a way out for himself too. You know, like it's a win-win for both sides and. You have to respect that they're willing, like, you know what? We're gonna part ways, but let's do this as gentlemen. Let's have a gentleman's agreement about it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's business at the end of the day. So um it is the worst title defense I have ever seen in my life. It is the worst, and it's like it's a clown show. It's a clown show on the field, but like at this point, I've just let go of everything. I'm just like, ah, oh, they won. Good. And they lost. Ah, I'm not surprised. It's so it's just like okay, like I don't even care anymore. That's like going into Champions League. I know we're going to talk about it later, but against Barca, like, I don't even care. I don't even yeah. care about it, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's totally bizarre. And it's not like they've been playing bad. They still have a, a core of a good team, and they yes. have still great possession. They still find ways to get attacks on goal. Uh, it's just like 
when it comes to final third or getting the final result, it's that's what's lacking. I don't know if that's the manager, I don't know if that's the players or what, but clearly something's up in the air since Spalletti left. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah, Spalletti was just able to get the magic out of the players, but now like that, that magic is gone. You have to rely on player quality, and it's like that back line. You lose Kim, you have no. I'm sorry, the, like you're not winning anything with Rachmani as your center back, it's, your star center back. Exactly. Like, Natan was exactly. uh, Natan is not going to be good right away. You might give him a bit of time. Let's give him a bit. It's only his first season, so yeah. So we'll see. But like, like it's it's it, it, you're not doing anything with that kind of CB pairing. There's, I think that what they should do going this summer is sorry for interrupting, Richard. But I think what they should do going into the summer is just once you sell Osimhen, use that to reinvest in that back line a bit more on that left side because Kavadetskelia needs help on that left, and he's he's one of your best threats. And if you give somebody who activates him, like the way Spinazzola was doing it to to look Insigne in the Euros, uh, you know, like the way that uh, uh, Hernandez does it for Leal sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. you just you, you get you get that guy that just you know makes him an additional threat. It makes a world of a difference. Last year, Cavaratskelli had a like a banner year because nobody, and I mean nobody. Yeah, you know it's bad when one. On his Zeus is the Kim's replacement. I said it when day one when he went from Roma <laughs> to Napoli. Like that's a lateral translation, translation, uh, yeah. transition. That's not going to be anything fantastic. He's not going to. It's just bam, bam, done. Yeah, uh, exactly. But yeah, Kelly, Like last year, nobody knew who he was. Nobody had any like no team besides maybe Juve. No team really scouted him because Juve wanted yeah. him too at one point. But essentially, yeah. But now this year that he's like, okay, we know who he is. We know what he does. Let's get a like. We know how to stop them. Like. Pioli exposed the exposed them last year. Pioli knew exposed how to stop them last year. Well, to be fair to Cavada too, I think Calabria only plays well against two players: Kylian Mbappe and Cavada Scalia. That's it. Everybody else, he's like mediocre. When he plays these two guys, he is like Baldini or Cafu reincarnation all of a sudden, and like just shuts them down. And yeah, you know, Pioli found a way with last year with Salamakers. To kind of help uh, double team, uh, double team Cavada Scalia's side so that he doesn't get that uh, freedom. Uh, we saw it today, you know, or this weekend with the, again some help as well. But Calabria, for whatever reason, has it under his skin that he's going to shut down Cavada Scalia, and he does. And that's the only player he like focuses all his entire season's energy for one player. And whatever <laughs> Pioli's doing is it's working, like you said. And you know, Milan gave the recipe to the league last year, and only a few people picked up on it. I think Inter picked up on it. I think Lazio picked up on it. But that was really it. And this year, more people are, are figuring out how to shut him down. And what our point was last year, the year before, two years ago, Leao won MVP. The next year, which was last year, he struggled at the beginning because people were keying in on his on his strengths. He had to adapt, and he did. And he overcame mm-hmm. and yes, had a better did. season, arguably. This year yes. was that year for Cavada, and he's struggling at the moment because teams have figured him out. And what we've seen in the last couple of games, I think, was that he's come more into the 10 role and be more roamy of a player and find a little bit more spaces, which is working, especially when without Osim in there, he can have that freedom. But, yeah, on the left-hand side, he's got to do something different, um, maybe take a page out of Leao and involve more of the left winger. The left winger has, you know, or uh, Mario Rui or whomever is on the left-hand side. Play more of a give-and-go with them and cut, cut into the middle and look for that pass there because uh, no doubt about it, he has that sensational one-on-one skills. He has that, but... If you get double yeah. team, triple teams, what can you do? So one of, right? Yeah, you're not Lionel Messi. I'm sorry, as, as technical as you are, you're no. not Lionel Messi who's able to get. But like that's like like in Georgia, sometimes he plays the off wing. Sometimes they play him on the right wing, and he does fun. Like, yeah, looking for he's literally carrying Georgia on his back yeah. for through the European qualifications. Like 
I I think that he got it. He, he needs to just explore more than that. Just that left side of the pitch. I, you said it perfectly. Explore that ten roll. Get him more in the central position. And he's been been more. He's been a bit more of a threat because of it. So I think they're onto something. And I think it's going to come with time for Kavatskelia. Uh, I honestly have no anger or hatred towards the kid. Uh, he's he's growing. He's learning. He has to develop that mentality of how to adapt. You said it perfectly well because I, I told Adriano many times. I'm like Liao eventually adapted. That's why if I had to choose between the three, uh, immediately like if I had only like one of the three for like the first season and just one season only, I would always go with Liao because he has shown that maturity to maturity to adapt. As yeah. much as I am a big fanboy of Chiesa, Chiesa honestly is, is has qualities that sometimes Liao, like sorry, doesn't have qualities that Liao does have. And as much yeah. as I love Fide, like I it's Liao is just sometimes just this, this this guy that can be a world beater. He can he can pick apart a club on his own if he wants to. That's the thing. He he has that world class ability. Like my did that general. in the Euros, but the Euros has got a better yeah. supporting squad. Since his injury, Kiesa has I, been the I, same yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm with you on there. So and to tie things, um, oh, I was going to tie it back to Roma sound, but I can't remember now how it was going to tie back. So it doesn't matter now <laughs> anymore. Uh, but but as, a, as people in the chat said. You know, this game could have gone any direction, really. Uh, Milan has got the victory in this one. A hard-fought victory for them, you know. Uh, a lot of the Pioli haters have been more quiet lately as, you know, Milan continue to surge <laughs> up the table. Uh, one point now behind Juventus. Um, let's just talk about Juventus. You know, a team who obviously get a, a bad loss against Udinese at home. At times they look at times they look like clearly the second-best team in the league. And then other times you see this, and now all of a sudden Milan are one point behind them. You know, given the rest of the season, they still got to play against each other. Who do you give the edge to? I mean, Milan have Between been Milan consistent all season long. And Milan and Juve, with one point difference at the moment. That's a good question, honestly. I, I, because mm, like, it's, it's such a hard call to make. Now, it is. I, I honestly speaking, I was, I, I would think that, you know, like, uh, Juve kind of put, themselves in a bit of a trap but i like these comments you know like all oh, they're the thieves where the cops are chasing after them you know with his lazy comments and i'm like really do you know which team you're managing uh but then after they they have eggs Porto on their muso. faces yeah <laughs> Porto muso. Porto muso. <laughs> uh, uh but like you lost the you lost the title you lost the scudetto the moment you drew against empoli and you lost to Udinese. that's that's yeah. the, like the loss to inter was gonna happen but the moment you lost the title or any chance at it was these two games. Now, obviously, they're going to fight to maintain that top four spot. Given between, like between them and Milan, it's such a hard thing to call. I the thing is because it's like because you can't you can never write out a combination of Laovic Chiesa. Even though Chiesa has been regressing a bit, I think him he's a bit frustrated with, the, with where he is and with the team right now and playing under Allegri. But that that's gonna remain to be that's gonna be uh, remain to be seen because Allegri might be gone by the summer. There's a lot of rumors about that. Yeah, I'm not saying it's yeah. a guaranteed thing. There's talks about it. I don't think so. Maybe because it's weird because the ownership comes out saying we're gonna go under Allegri's plan, but then it's like mm, maybe not. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I have to give an answer. I'm just gonna go with Juve, but not because like it, like I just uh, they have they have like that that sometimes they have like X factor players as much as much as Milan does too. Uh, like hard. they have, like it's 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 I don't know it's it's a re- they're both like a tail they're like they're like both sides of the same coin you know what I'm saying yeah no I, I'm with you there 
Adriano says, on paper, Juve, but Milan in the end, uh, Forza Milan. Of course, of course. he's a Milanista. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's good good man. He's a good man. Um, a good no, kid. if you look at it, right, goalkeeper between both clubs, it's kind of a wash. Chesney's fantastic. Magnon's fantastic. Yeah. Defense, you got to give the edge to Juventus. However, you know, Teo Hernandez is that X factor on the defense for Milan. Midfield, I think the Milan get the edge in, in the midfield battle there. Uh, and then attack is fairly a wash because Vlahovic is coming on strong lately. Milik has his, has his chances. Yildiz has been good. Chiesa is still there. And, and Milan, you got Giroud's a big game player. Yeah, he's been doing um, well. Luka, Luka Jovic has been scoring goals, so it's it's a fairly a wash. And I think you know who's going to play consistent against the who's going to play the best against the teams that are below them in the table. And I mean like out, outside of the the seven sisters, that's going to be the question. And we already said two big results against Empoli and Udinese, where they drop that's you know they point. drop points in those games. Milan this season so far have held there into the bargain. They're pushing it. It'll come down to the end. I really do not know. I mean, I think this Juventus team has found another gear in terms of the attack up until the last couple of weeks. Uh, and they, if they play that kind of way, they should be able to hold off Milan. But, I mean, it seems lately Milan's been the most consistent team out of the two of them. Um, and so, yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know. It's going to come down to – it might just come down to their head-to-head when they play against each other. So, uh, Milan still has a derby to go to, and that's going to be a big game for them. They can't, they can't afford another uh, thrashing at the hand of Inter uh, like they did in the first half of the season. So we'll see. It's, it's going to come down to you know a point or two between these two clubs, I think. Inter, it's a foregone conclusion in my eyes. They're going to win. Um, Dominic says, Dominic's we'll see how Milan point. players can keep players in pitch. Yeah, Europa League's interesting one, point. too. Um, I think both teams are locked for top four, for sure. I think yeah. Milan fans, obviously, we want to have a trophy in Europa League. Uh, not easy, obviously, with Bayer Leverkusen in there, who's beaten Bayern these days. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting between these two teams. But I think you know the even hotter conversation I think is the top four and who's going to get in there. You have Atalanta, you have Bologna, and now even Fiorentina. They're trying to make their way. You look at the table and top four. Obviously, you know, not mentioning Napoli or Roma. Roma's still in the mix. Roma's got uh, 38 points. Uh, fourth place, Atalanta, 42, Bologna, 39, and then Roma. And right behind them, Fiorentina and Lazio with uh, Napoli at 35th and 9th. So it's a it's a four- five-way battle for fourth place. You had, you know, three of, the, three of the teams make a statement, I think, this weekend. Fiorentina walloping Frosinone 5-1. Uh, good to see Belotti getting back on the score sheet, right, for with his new team. Icone, I thought. Icone has been an interesting player because I thought he's someone who – always had this potential about him uh, and it's never reached. And, and I was hoping that when Fiorentina, Vincenzo Italiano was going to lock it out of him. And mm-hmm. this game is kind of what was what I've always been hoping for. Just no, it's never been consistent. You know, what he had a goal, a goal and assist. He was all over the place in that first half. They need someone who can help out with the attackers to kind of create something. You can't for, you can't allow Nico Gonzalez to do everything or Bonaventura at his ripe old age of 47 to do everything. You got to have more people contribute to this team if they want to succeed. And so, Fiorentina, are they getting back on on, on the right ship? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think them getting well. First of all, uh, getting Belotti on loan was great for Fiorentina because Belotti came to Roma uh, expecting to be a starter because you know Tommy was going to be injured, and then Lukaku comes along and Belotti basically lost his starting role. Some minor frustrations, but also especially that Roma was having. For, financial issues you know you get the loan over to Fiorentina where you could still be a starter plus Roma saves up some money um 
I think that was a win-win for both sides. And it show it showed in the first game, you know, he gets that first goal and uh, um, you know, like he's it was a quick release too, like like a quick like reaction type of shot, you know, like he still has that that the little bit of that left in him when he's inside the box, when he's inside that lethal area. Uh, um, I think that was a, maybe a good player for like I, I think I know that was a good player for Fiorentina to get uh, to really help them maintain that push, you know, for a European spot, top four, feasible. Uh, do I think they hit it? I don't think they're going to be that fourth place team, but okay. definitely in the top six. I think. Uh, like you know, hey, if Bologna kind of keeps it good for them. Uh, well, it remains to be seen. But Mata's been getting a lot of like, like value out of those players. On Orsolini's been miles and miles. He's been, uh, he's been good ahead of the competition right now. He's been great. Yes. Um, but yeah, like I think that might have been the the the, the, the difference maker for Fiorentina going forward. I think they have a game in hand, and they're and they're one point behind. Uh, one point behind Roma, they're they're two behind Bologna, they're five behind Atalanta. But don't forget they have well they have the same amount of games with those teams. But it's 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 not they're not far off. I think that that little bit of oomph that Bologna brings might actually put them back into that European yeah. spot. I don't think they're going to be the fourth place team, but easily top six. I think they finish top six. Yeah, I, I, I like that shot. Um, I think. Your, yeah, your top four is probably going to come down to and as much as I, you know, I've been pushing for Lazio because I picked them finished second this year, but um, I don't think they're going to make top four. I think really top four comes down to either Atalanta, Bologna, or Roma. Um, it's interesting battle here. Obviously, Bologna is the feel-good story. With you know, Xerxes is a fantastic player. Every time you watch him, it just impresses you even more and more. And Bologna just in general, right? But Roma, they have all this attacking talent. They have that potential to... You talk potential-wise, they're probably the fourth-best team just based on potential, maybe outside of Napoli. Uh, and then you have Atalanta, who they're trying to—they found their—they found themselves again. They—they they took a chance on some players that not necessarily wanted by other clubs. And you know, you see the resurrection of, of Charles De Catalare, who's had a fan, who's a fantastic season, who's had eight eight or nine goals this year, uh, six seven assists. I'm having a hell of a year playing for Atalanta. I mean, of these three teams, I mean. Tell me about what what you like about well you were talking about Roma but you know in terms of Bologna and, and Atalanta what have you liked from both of them from this weekend obviously both scoring four goals each it's it's always entertaining to watch those kind of games. I mean uh, as you said before Ossolini like his goal was just fantastic. Um, yeah. yeah, but the Catalera I know I know it's a bit of a sore spot especially if he's an ex Milan player but just like like that little like uh, just like quick flick up and off the uh, off the volley just just strikes to very well like yeah like I, I you can't help but smile six goals six assists uh the guy is playing as like reborn like he's uh he just seems to have a bit more confidence in himself and i think the change environment was great for him um between well, the not two to, not to cut you off well not to cut you off right there cdk right last year when he went one-on-one against a defender he would get out muscled easily, right? This year, yeah. he just in this game alone, he took on two players by himself, out out muscled both of them, kept the ball, and then nearly and scored. A, had a great uh, scoring opportunity. It's that just shows like the difference between last year and this year. It's like night and day with him. It's it's been quite impressive, really, to watch uh, his development. Yeah, and you know what? That's that's less pressure at Atalanta. That does make a big that that does make a big deal. Yeah. But also, don't forget, like he's young, and you know, like a year sometimes makes that difference. A year, you're 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 old. Yeah, it's difficult. It's tactical. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, but then after it was like, yeah, but how come Caravan Skellia did so well and he's the same age, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, you know, they're not the same type of player. One's a winger, one's yeah. kind of like a. One's going to be world class and the other one isn't, you know. Yeah, okay, but enough about the Catalan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's between the two, like, I, I like what Mata's getting, like I said before, but the output that he's getting from Bologna, but. I, I I think uh, who said it on uh, amazing Vincent said it perfectly. Bologna has uh, conference league written all over them. I think Atalanta just for the experience that they have of being in a top four spot, they know what it takes to maintain it. I'm yeah. liking them a bit more than Bologna, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm curious to see what's going to happen next year for them because there's talks that Gasparini's out at the end of the summer that he that he that he might yeah. leave at the end of the summer. Or it might be it might be a target for clubs looking for new managers. So, uh, I mean, he's been there for, for such a long time, and I know a lot of people uh, like don't like Gasparini because, yeah, like yeah, like like I know a lot of people talk, yeah, <laughs> you know, dance. <laughs> he's got his he's got his faults. You know, we talk about the Laurentiis being a cafone. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, but he gets but, the best out of his players. That's yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like is he. he I, I like to call it like the Atalanta was like the money ball team of Serie A where you just get these players yeah. that, you know, like, like it was funny because Malinovsky was one of their own and, you know, scoring against their former team, scoring against his former team, you know, that was, that was rather interesting yeah. to see. Yeah. Um, he just gets these players that he just, just finds a way to have them find success. And like I said, because CDK is probably one of the more recent examples of that where it's like, you know, like you, like everyone thinks he was, I don't want to say everyone. Some people thought he was a bust at Milan because uh, he just didn't do anything i think it was just because there was so much competition with him like in terms of like yes. who you have to compete with to get your playing time and what you have to do on the pitch whereas atalanta your, your competitor is kamaka you know like it's uh and, yeah. and you're sharing the pitch at that point you know so you, you don't have that like you know that you're like you're the guy who's entrusted right now and gasparini just makes miracles with with with, with whatever he's given so Ilicic was a prime example of the gasparini effect there, there's an yeah. Duvan Zapata. Even though Duvan yeah. Zapata, like after leaving Napoli, Atalanta was just like that was that was another example. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, oh my God! After oh, there was another attacking midfielder that I can't recall. Papu right Gomez. Now. Well, before not not Papu Gomez. There was another one I just can't seem to recall for the life of me. Uh, anyways, he just he just gets these players that. You just all out of nowhere, like you know, they're just going to yeah. be great players because he just knows what to do with them. Yeah, so. and I, I think too, you know, that Bologna shot that uh, I think it was Vincent made or whatever. Um, it seems of Bologna, Roma, and and Atalanta, and even Fiorentina, Bologna seemed the one that's punching above their weight. Like they're yes. they're having a hell of a season, no doubt about it. But if you look at all the teams on paper and and how they stack up, is like, yeah, they got some nice players in Bologna, but. They're playing above expectations, and how can how long can that last? If they if they find a way to you know find a way to get fourth, good on them. That's fantastic. That's good for the league, um, and good you know good for Mota. He's gonna be a hot commodity for next year, as well as most of their players. But I think you know Atalanta. We expect this out of them. Yes, they have their they have their they're, they're like a fun bad team. Or one moment they're brilliant, other moments they're the head scratching. Um, but they have it in them. They've been there in the top four before. Fiorentina. They've been. In the in the conference league and going deep for a couple of years now in a row they've done well in many fronts it's Coppa Italia as well uh, and then Roma is always a perennial team that's in the Champions League and Europa League discussion so yeah Bologna if they find a way to keep in keeping the top you know in the top mix there and find a way to get it 
that's that's a sensational story there. But I don't expect him. I, I fully expect him to keep a European place, which is still above, way above expectation for everybody. I think. And if they finish Europa League, that's that's a great season overall. You know, yeah, they were fourth at one point, but you know, look at the teams around you. The seven sisters are not like nine sisters, right? Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy how talented and spread out this league is now. At the top, the top top half of the table is just so heavy, and the bottom half is just they're terrible. It's it's really if you had a ten team league, it would be a, probably best league in the world, honestly. So, um, uh, anything else from this weekend you want to talk about? I mean. Some great goals, but no. I mean, I think we touched. Uh, I think we touched upon points. it. Everything, you know, like Mobile getting his, uh, getting his two hundredth goal. Good for uh, him. We talked about the uh, yeah. Congrats to him. I'm. Uh, I don't think he, he gets anywhere close to the record, but either way, it's still really nice for him to get that. It's a nice little comeback story for him. Uh, comeback story. I mean, like you know, like the season hasn't yeah, been yeah. his best season, is what I meant no. to say. Uh, no, honestly, I think we touched upon everything. I wrote down over here. Uh, I even circled Juve losing to Udinese. I think I know just <laughs> how much do I dislike this team? No, I'm just kidding. I'm having fun. I'm having fun, Juve fans. I'm just joking around. I think he wants I think all of them to start starting eleven for the Azzurri. But calm down, guys. I said that at the start. See, they can't say that I was doing it on purpose. Uh, all right. Uh, this is the moment of the show. You just say top five goals. I'm not going to hold you to five goals, but what are your goals of the weekend? If you have it. Uh, I think, okay, I think obviously number one, just because of the, uh, so actually let me start from number five. Number five, okay. I'm probably going to go to Orsolini uh, with his okay. goal. Um, fourth one would be, because Mal- I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to shorthand it because I don't waste too much time. Yeah. Uh, Malofsky scoring against his former team. Uh, third goal would be uh, Gaetano, you know, like the nice little curve. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, like, nice off, from loan, uh, on loan from Napoli, I think it's good for him to get some playing time because that, that's a guy that I hope is going to be one of the more of the main roster guys next season, uh, especially with all the movement. Second place would be CDK off the, like I said, like just lobs, like somehow like the one touch up to the air to kind of give himself a mini volley to just put it in. Great and shot. The celebration. Yeah, <laughs> and my number one, just because of what it actually means as a milestone, uh, the 200th goal for uh, Immobile. I think uh, that just, just it, it wasn't, the, it's not the prettiest of goals, it's not the most finesse type of things, but, you know, it's still like a very big achievement for the guy. And just because of the depth and level of it, it's going to get my number one spot for this week. Look at this, a Roma fan picking a Lazio player for number one. It's because I'm not Blodan. Yeah, my family's not Blodan. I got, I got, I, I have a soft spot for the other not Blodani. <laughs> fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, my honorable mention will go to Chiro Immobile with the 200th goal. You know, fastest player in modern era to achieve that mark. So you know, go to him. Been a sensational goal scorer for many years, and uh, glad to see him finally get 200. Uh, my second honorable mention was going to go to Odegaard, Odegaard, excuse me, from um, Bologna. Breakaway goal there. He came in for Xerxes late in the game, I think the 60th minute or so, and got the breakaway goal. Nice put away there. My top five, Orsolini. His second, go- his second goal, uh, assisted by Calafiori with a nice run from the defense and coming in there and finding um, Orsolini. Really, he's a nice dummy that led led to that pass, led to that goal, I should say. Number four, I'm going uh, Toon Koopminers, his free kick goal. Nice free kick there, uh, beats the keeper. Uh, number three, I'm going Malinovsky's bomb from distance. Great, great. I mean, this guy has a great left foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, CDK. I'm with you there. A sensational volley there, and then the celebration. Gets a yellow somehow for, for putting it like. Okay, so 
He scores that goal. Brilliant goal. He does this because he's just excited for that. That was a freaking fantastic goal. Sabelli yeah. starts crying like a little bitch. And then uh, same thing with uh, Schrutman. And somehow he gets a yellow card for celebration. I don't agree with that. No, not one bit at ever. But he gets second place on my list. And then for me, you'll like this. Stefan Al-Sharawi with his goal is my number one goal of the week. That was a great. For me, I, well, I always love Stefan Al-Sharawi. But that was a great way to finish that off two posts. If you freeze Somers, that's a great goal. And yeah. uh, for me, that was a good goal for me there. Uh, let's quickly get into Europa European competition and then get on out of here. Uh, let's start with Champions League. Uh, we got Lazio already down by aggregate, according to most fans, three nothing to go into Bayern. But uh, they host Bayern tomorrow. Uh, second leg is obviously you know coming up shortly after. But um, head to head, Bayern has a two 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 wins to nothing for Lazio. Goals were six to two last time these students played. Does Lazio have a chance in this one at all? I I, I do not think so. And I thought I'm saying this like what is uh, like un, as unbiased as possible. I I don't think so. Um, it, you're you're gonna have to you gonna have to hope that Bayern craps the bed in order for you to have a chance to win at this to win this game. It's just I think uh, in terms of where they're at, in terms of like their position in the league, and in terms of. Uh, you know, plan and execution and just how their season's been going. It's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely Bayern in, in this case. No disrespect to Laziali. It's not, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, this is literally me as like a, a, a soccer fan. Like it's not me saying it as like a Romanista. It's like, a, that's for Laziali yeah. to decide. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're offending them or not. Uh, Thomas Tuchel was quoted as saying uh, in terms of Lazio, they're a really disciplined side, stick to their tactics and their pressing. As with all Mazzidio, Maurizio Sari teams, they leave little space between the lines and are extremely hard to beat. I think it will be a game full of emotions. I think he's just talking about the opening kickoff since it's at Lazio. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Bayern are going to be angry at you know their, their performance in Bundesliga. They are... Looks like they're going to lose a title this year. It's still a lot of way to go, but they just got you know destroyed by Bayer Leverkusen three nothing this weekend. Uh, things aren't going well under Thomas Tuchel. You know they're gonna they've been excellent in Champions League. You imagine they're going to come out with a fury. They might put up a walloping against uh, Lazio in this one, even if it's on the road. Do not be. I would not be surprised if that's the case, but. As much as I love to see all Italian teams advance, this I can't. There's no way in my head, in my you know grand scheme of you know making all these imaginations and say, oh, what can happen if this happens? I can't find one way in my head to say Lazio is going to win. It's possible. It, anything can happen in football. We've seen this, but over two legs, I don't see it. And, and I, I really, love, I would like, like to see him push, push it to, to like 180 minutes plus, you know, after two legs. But I think it's going to be over after this first leg, honestly. So, um, yeah bid farewell to them i i'd love to be wrong i would love to be wrong i'm sure you would too uh maybe not you yeah but definitely I would love to. <laughs> uh going back to you uh going to europa league now roma on the road to Feyenoord. we kind of hinted at this before when we were talking about roma yeah. and inter big difference between roma now and then was Mourinho. Mourinho yeah. knows how to line up his teams he got under finer skin for two years in a row and in, mm-hmm. in europa league he knows how to handle this team we don't know what the Rossi. It's it's a it's a roll of the dice. What are your thoughts? What are you looking forward to this game? And how do you what do you think is going to ha- end up in this game? This well, one leg. Uh, this is it one leg. Uh, like so, like I said prior to before, uh, I 
that big difference maker is Mourinho compared to De Rossi. Mourinho has that European pedigree in terms of like adapting the teams in a manager role. Uh, and I'm not saying this because I want De Rossi to fail. I hope De Rossi uh, succeeds. Um, I just feel like as if uh, this time around, uh, you know, if Roma, Roma, like the players might have the confidence to do it and might have the, like the knowledge and know-how. It's like we've played against these guys before. We know what they bring. Um, you know, we know how to, you know, beat them. We just got to make sure we do this. And on paper, I think they are the better team, Roma. It's just like I said, managerial wise, like it's, 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 it's what they're all. It's, it's the Rossi's like first time in a European competition managing a team. Like, like that's not the national team. And even at that, the national team, he was an assistant. He wasn't even a manager or the assistant manager. So, uh, or the assistant to the manager, (laughs) Uh, but it's a little office joke, but, uh, no, I, I think that's going to, what's going to cost Roma in the long run. It might be one mistake by by De Rossi that's just gonna like it'll be like maybe like a one goal difference of a game because he made the incorrect call of a sub or the formation that he chose was was like mind you, he's going to 4-3-3 but even though as basic as that is and safe as that is you're giving your opponent the opportunity to find a way to expose it depending on where you were where if, if they can notify notify if they can identify where your weakest point is so uh slight edge to fire nerd in this matchup yeah i'm with you i think you know being on the road will be a huge test for De Rossi, and this will tell us a lot of what how he's going to handle the European competitions or competition if it's, if it's just uh, two legs here. But Feyenoord are a tricky team. They can score goals. Can they? You mentioned this when we were talking earlier. Roma, the one thing they, they have not been doing well is defending well, and they've given up a lot of goals. Yeah, they scored 10 yeah. goals for, but they've given six goals against. And so you can't afford to do that against Feyenoord because they can score goals, and how he handles that without – you know, jeopardizing the attack as well. His attack is going to be interesting. So I'm curious to see how he lines up with his team. I'm sure it'll be, I would imagine it'd be more defensive than he did against Inter. But maybe he's just one of those guys is like, you know, this is how we play. Like it or love it. We're going to figure it out. And maybe they chalk us up as a, a throwaway. I don't know why you would because, you know, Roma have a decent team. But I, I must say it's going to be both teams score. But I think Feyenoord, I'm with you. The Feyenoord win by one goal. Um, I hope I would love to see De Rossi prove us all wrong, and that he he has learned something both by watching, playing, and yeah, definitely. observing, and f- finds a way to line his team up. But we'll see. We will see. Uh, but I'm going to give a slight advantage to Feyenoord with you. I'm with that. So uh, the other other Italian team in Europa League, we have Milan hosting Stade Rene, also known as Ren. Uh, this game will be in at three o'clock Eastern time. Milan should be favorites if you look at a paper. But they haven't been really consistent. They've been playing down to their opponents. Um, thoughts on this matchup? I think this is actually a matchup for to build a good confidence booster. I think uh, if you're looking for Milan to find some kind of like a like a ju- like a launch pad to you know uh, really push themselves over that little like that little tiny hurdle at Juventus, that the, the hurdle that is Juventus right now. Uh, this Stad uh, Stad is like the perfect team to do that against. It's a it's a beatable team. Uh, Milan's got the, the quality players that can do it. Uh, I honestly think Milan wins this matchup. I think this is the perfect, like I said, the perfect launch pad game. If you're looking for that opportunity, this is it. Um, especially if you're a guy like Pioli. I think Pioli already 
might know that the writing's on the wall a bit because you know like the the rope is getting just a little the leash is getting a little shorter and shorter and shorter yeah but i think pioli knows that going into this matchup like okay well if if this might be what axes me in the long run so it's like if i have any hope of maybe extending my time here at milan or you know redeeming myself in some way shape or form this is the this is the matchup to do it so um but i but i think i think this is the launch pad game for milan i think they beat the hand yeah, I, I agree. I think um, Ren have some te- some players that you got to watch out for, but I think it's going to be tight. But I think you know Milan should they need this game to win um, more for self confidence more than anything else. They they certainly have the talent to do it, but I think you win this game, you play a second leg on the road more at ease. Uh, you can you should be able to handle the pressure that they're gonna they're gonna throw at you. Obviously, anything can happen in these games that we talked about with Roman Feyenoord, but I think you know we should see. The likes of Leao and, and Giroud's a big game player. You know he's going to step up. Um, Teo Hernandez is going to be pivotal in this game as well. And obviously having Mike Magnon come back to lead, uh, face against the Ligon team, he has familiarity with that. So it's going to be only to their benefit. And so, yeah, I think Milan, when they should win comfortably, when, and by that I mean like 3 nothing. Will they win that scoreline? I don't think so. This is Milan, of course, and uh, I'm, I've seen this script before. So I'm going to say... I am going to say 2-1 Milan win. They're going to find a way to give some fluky goal and make it tighter than it needs to be. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> I think 3-1. Uh, I think I think Giroud okay. gets Doppietta. <laughs> oh. Uh, that would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, and then Europa League. There is no uh, Euro- Europa League. No Conference League game because uh, Serie A teams have a bye. So, we're good for that round. Mm-hmm. So, that's it for... Um, I think that's gonna put a bow on this one, Gianni. Uh, before we no, get not, out of no, here, no Napoli Barca. What the hell, racismo? Uh, that's okay. next week. That's next week. Right? <laughs> I thought we were previewing yeah, the whole thing. Week. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I, uh, we can. You want, what, what's your prediction for next week? Since you won't be here, uh, I, 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 I think Barca wins. <laughs> just quickly, I, I, like I said, inconsistencies have been hurting Napoli all season, and I think it just continues and and. Champions League. So, uh, hey, if they beat Barca, that's going to be a good motivational boost because I know Barca also hasn't been having the best season ever either. But it's, yeah, it's yeah. Barcelona. You know what I mean? It's it's a different, it's different monster. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a different monster in, in, in Champions League. So, uh, hey, if they do it, great. But I honestly think Barca gets that. Cavada is going to be auditioning for his new team, right? No? <laughs> no, he's a, he's a Real <laughs> fan. He grew up a Real fan. He wants to... So, no he wants to stick it to him. To, yeah, exactly. So I, that, hopefully that works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. All right. Uh, but that's uh, t- that's a Napoli review there for next week. And frankly, I'll get more in depth about it next week as the game comes up on uh, February 21st. Uh, I, I don't even mention where Frank was tonight. Frank, is just, he's out of action tonight. Uh, but he'll be back. He had some other commitments. Um, so we will see him next Tuesday. Uh, we are getting closer and closer to episode 300. We are episode 294. Episode 300, I think it's slated for March 24th. It will be a long show for sure because episode 200 was three hours long. So expect something of, wow. of that. Yeah, we're going to bring in guests and maybe we'll bring the couch here, guys, and if they're real. We'll see. No pressure. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's, put a, let's put a bow on this one. Um, this is your chance. Going to give you your flowers. Tell us um, where people can find you and, and the couch, you guys, and anything else you want to plug away. Yeah, so once again, guys, um, thank you. First of all, Richard, thank you so much for having me on tonight. I always have fun, and I always feel honored being a guest on your show. 
I love it. Thank you, Frank, for always letting Richard say it's okay to bring me on. <laughs> uh, I, 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 it feels great to to be a co-host. It's it's fun. I like I like the I like what you guys do here at City. I sit down. I think you guys have a fantastic setup, a fantastic dynamic. Um, so I, I thank you for letting me be a part of it. Thank you for everybody writing the comments in the, in the comment section. Uh, and you guys have been providing fantastic commentary. Uh, a lot of good, great points that you guys are saying even better than I am. So um, thank you for, for that. And thank you for like be, having good back and forth with me. Um, so just to find out if you guys are interested in knowing more about me or the show that I do, uh, I'm part of a, a podcast group called The Couch Guys. Like I said at the start, we sit, we do similarly to City A Sit Down, where we try to cover all this, uh, all of pretty much a lot of City A in general, not just one team specifically. Uh, if you're interested in following us, it's at the Calcio Guys, T H E C A L C I O G U Y S, at the Calcio Guys. That's all of our socials on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, whatever you can find us on Spotify, uh, Apple Pod, any type of place where you listen to your podcasts. We're there. Uh, if you're interested um, in just following me personally, I tend to just have fun with my personal Twitter. The Couch of Guys is a very more serious side of it, whereas my personal Twitter is just like a lot of jokes, a lot of sports, a lot of memes, a lot of nerdy stuff, a lot of back and forth bantering. So it's just I'm just being me on it uh, at Janny Rules 27, <laughs> G-I-A-N-N-I-R-U-L-Z 27. But, uh, uh, but thank you once again for having me on. I had a great time. No, hey, it was a pleasure. Glad you were, got to join us. Uh, we'll try to get the rest of the guys here on at some point as well. And then, yeah, we'll 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 see what we can do. Maybe three hundred. We'll we'll see. But uh, it should be a a rather long and entertaining episode. We may not talk so much calcio as what's going on during that weekend, but it doesn't matter, right? Um, yeah, we've been doing eight years now. Ugh, man, long time, way too long. We are grandfathers of this. Uh, both age <laughs> and how long we've been doing this. Um, yeah. Again, thank you for coming on again. Uh, Frank, who's somewhere out in the Twitter sphere or uh, YouTube world, uh, follow him at FTC underscore 21. You can follow me, R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. More importantly, follow City House Sit Down. Oh, let me stop there. Please follow the Calcio guys. Follow Gianni. Uh, make sure, if they, you know, wherever, follow them on Twitter, anything, anywhere across social media. Make sure you listen to their podcast. It's an excellent podcast. Love, love the guys. Uh, but you can follow us at City House Sit Down. On YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like the video. Subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, follow us across social media. Our podcast can be heard like the couch, you guys, all over uh, anywhere that streams music. So uh, we will be back next Tuesday, more than likely. We will let you a programming note if it's not 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, like tonight. Uh, but that is the goal for at the moment, and things change, right? Life happens. But, uh, yeah, let's get on out of here. Gianni, for Gianni, for myself, uh, for Frank, wherever he's out there. Uh, we bid you a good farewell and uh, good night. Bullet Club. Four, 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 four.